0: Hey everyone, Brian here, and before we get started with today's episode, I wanted to let you know that Art of the Float will be hosting our first online holiday party December 7th at 5 p.m. Pacific time. If you're interested in joining us, just sign up for the newsletter at artofthefloat.com. It's on the left-hand side of the page, and we'll be sending out details uh, for that that morning. It's totally free, and it'll just be an online get-together for our community to connect with each other. Uh, We hope you can join us. You're listening to Art of the Float. Welcome to Art of the Float, where float centers thrive. This is a weekly podcast that tells our stories of starting and running a float center, providing insights and tips along the way. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Art of the Float, and join the conversation by leaving a speakpipe on artofthefloat.com. You can also visit the site to find show notes, links, and pictures from every episode. I'm Brian Van Pesky, co-owner of Art of the Float along with Dylan Com, and I am here as always with our two usual co-hosts, Amy with Float Nashville and Lance with the Float Shack in Red Deer, Alberta, Canada. How you two doing?
1: I'm doing fantastic. It's good to good. have you, Producer Brian.
2: Yeah, it's good to be here.
0: <laughs> yeah, good to be here. So uh, Dylan is out again this episode. Um, again, he had a, him and Sandra had a brand new baby, and they are busy uh, being parents at the moment. So I'm uh, filling in for Dylan until he can uh, get back on and... Uh, We're excited to have him back when he's ready. Uh, Before we dive into the episode, I want to thank one of our sponsors, Float Away.
1: Um, So, hey guys, I was looking through their website today, and I noticed that they have been in business since 1999, which is almost 20 years, which in the tank industry, it's kind of like cat years. I think you can multiply it by seven or something. Um, That's a long time. That's a really long time.
2: Yeah, they're, you know, they they're some of the longest running manufacturers in the float industry and that's something to be said, something to be proven. Um they really stand behind their product. Um great customer service. Um uh, that's something that that I've I've heard everywhere about Floataway away is um they're always there willing to help. Um and uh, that's a big deal. Uh, especially when you start having issues with your float tanks. If you have issues uh, customer support is a big factor to, to consider when um, you are shopping around for your float pool cabin tank of your choice.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of new float tanks coming out right now, which is really exciting. But the fact that you have someone who whose tanks have been proven for so long, um, and I know Dylan and Sandra had theirs for a long time and loved it so much. They got another one, so there's a legacy going on there. Uh, that's got to be... That's got to be a good thing. It's got to be a good yeah. feeling knowing that somebody is there who knows what they've been doing for a long, long time.
2: Yeah. And always uh you can find Floataway at www.floataway.com. Yep,
0: yeah, go ahead and check them out and thanks again Floataway for sponsoring the show. So, Amy Lance, what's going on this week? What's new?
1: Busy, busy week. Uh you know, we're heading into the holidays. And I got a little bit behind, um, and you know we like to do a holiday party with our employees every year, or at least something. We want to do something together, something where we can interact. And I found out that the closer it gets to Christmas, the harder it is to find something uh, to book. Books up really fast. Sure. Got kind of to yeah. thinking about this stuff back in October, which I was not. Uh, however, we finally got it booked it this week, and it feels really. Feels really good to have something to look forward to with our employees because we really enjoy being around our employees. We really like to be with them. We like to um, we like to have a lot of fun. Are y'all doing anything with uh, your float shops or let's see, float shack or Brian? Do you do anything with the float shop over the holidays?
2: Uh, yeah, we're we're going to be doing something with our employees. We only have two staff with uh, Matthew and myself right now, so um, we're just going to do something small and fun and just really celebrate. You know being a float family
0: very nice yeah i think for the float shop usually we do do something every year um even if it's not a get together dylan and sandra will usually um put together some nice a nice little christmas thank you for the employees um but as far as like surprises go and events they're usually pretty coy about these things so i haven't heard of any plans <laughs> um they may be throwing a christmas party um they may not be because they're they're brand new parents and have a lot on their plate um so we'll see but i do think it's a it's a great thing to do uh, with your employees during the holiday season
1: this is probably the first time that we'll be getting together well actually i shouldn't say it's the first time it's the only time during the year we actually invite our employees to uh to bring a friend or significant other with them so um it's one of our larger get-togethers and uh, it can get a little rowdy and in the past we've We've gone to restaurants, we've just had a meal together. Um, Last year, we we went to, um, Nashville has a really great restaurant, and it has a Sunday brunch, and it's known for its drag queens. So you go and have this great food, this great Sunday brunch, and um, drag queens, and it was uh, quite the extravaganza. Uh, We're going to be a little more calm this year. Uh, (laughs) We're going to do some painting, and we're going to actually go to a cooking class together. Oh, nice. Uh, but it's kind of fun to interact. I like to do something where we can talk. And I I think not only is it important to know your employees, but there it adds another dimension when you start to know their partners and the people that they're with. And you start to understand uh, maybe some of their challenges or things that they might be dealing with outside of home. It just creates this new level of empathy and uh, care, I think, and love for those employees.
2: That for, sure. for sure. For sure. For sure.
1: A lot of fun. And I'd love to hear, by the way, uh, for our audience, I'd love to hear what everyone else is doing. I'm always looking for good ideas. So please, mm-hmm. send in those send in those ideas. <laughs> send in those suggestions. Y'all were so great the last time I asked.
2: It's fantastic. Yeah. And you were mentioning earlier you had a little issue with your water, and you got some...
1: Yeah, yeah. so I got cocky this week. Um, karma bit me in the butt. I started the week in the... Y'all... There's nothing more heartwarming than going into your float tank room and that water's crystal clear and it's beautiful. And I was going from tank room. to It sounds horrible. I think we all probably do this. Maybe we just don't admit it. Going from tank room to tank room with my flashlight, checking out that water and um, just being so impressed. And it's not all me. It's my, you know, my staff and, and Mark, uh, my partner. The water was beautiful. The next day I came in and somebody had gotten soap in one of our tanks, soap had splashed uh, in uh, oh, and it was oily and soap. And I'm like, not my beautiful water. Um, so karma, you know, said, oh, you got a little cocky there. You're not allowed <laughs> to do that. Um, so we, we had a moment where, uh, we had to shut down the tank and, uh, you know, <coughs> soap and stuff isn't so hard to get out, but it sure does take time. It just takes a lot of running and cleaning your filter and going through all that fun stuff. Um, but it's back to, back to good now. But it's never fun to have to close a tank off and lose a little bit of funds. Do
2: your for a tennis while. Bell, Do your tennis balls help with the soap?
1: Tennis balls helped tremendously, um, but we had to do a little bit. So, so we tried the tennis balls. Things weren't working very well. So we took them out and we added some clarifier and our enzyme, and let that run for a while. Cleaned through, and there was still. You could still see the oil and the soap line. At that point, we shocked. I, I say shocked. We put in some h 20 2 and 35%. We added the tennis balls, and it cleaned the rest of it up beautifully. And the water was back to crystal clear. But it took a few hours. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, I'm getting no. the hang well, of this.
2: Yeah. We we don't have water in one of our float tanks. <laughs> oh, no. I What's saw going the pictures? on, uh, A little uh a few weeks ago. Well, not really a few weeks. What days it now? Last week it would have been. Um I was getting I was in the float tank and I noticed that it was a little squishy, like sort of uh oh, sort no. of bubbly under the liner. <laughs>
1: under the liner.
2: <laughs> uh, and I was like, uh, uh I think we got some water under here. So Um, I said, Monday, we're going to take it apart and uh, see what's going on. And when I pulled everything apart, or Matthew actually pulled everything apart, I sort of slept in on Monday maintenance like I've been getting in the habit of doing, which is not good. Now I have to correct myself because I've told everyone. Um, (laughs) But uh, Matthew pulled apart the float tank, and uh, I was just lifting the liner and there's a good half inch of water um, underneath our liner. So, oh, no. um, we ripped everything out, and we don't really want to have to order a liner from California. And yeah, yeah, there's not very many pool liner manufacturers around us here. I know there are, um, but there's only select few so we're since the mad men we are we're deciding to convert our oasis into a linerless float tank with a sort of hydronic heating, so we're um nice. fiberglassing the inside of the tank, all the plugs, and then we're going to put a new like paint job or gel coating on it and then we've actually been running i think we're going to have two hundred feet of half inch hot water line wrapped around it, and that's going to be insulated in. Um, with some some sort of putty and and sealant to to disperse that heat a little bit and then we're actually just going to uh, tie that into our hot water research system in our building and uh, we're just going to use a simple temperature controller to control a circulation pump and um hopefully uh hopefully we have hydronic heating in the first I know of linerless oasis so
0: <laughs> nice <laughs> nice move you really didn't want to order that liner from California I <laughs> feel like the oh. alternative is a lot more work
2: yeah well this could be a Time. lot of money out the window but I think if we uh, if this works for us we're going to be doing this to all three of our tanks because um, yeah now do you the, the liners are a lot of work sure there are a lot of like maintenance and that can definitely be seen when you drain a float tank and you know you wonder you're scrubbing non-stop you're scrubbing these tanks and you still see a water line or a line on the liner it's like damn it <laughs> how do we get past this you know so very nice yeah. how
1: how fast did you uh, are you done are you ready and up, no. up re- no. ready to go for clients
2: no, we're not done. We're going to be uh, shut down for probably a week. We're thinking we have to order a temperature controller in that we're looking for and a research pump, but and we got to do some fiberglass work and some paint work. Yeah, we'll be about a week. <laughs> so, um, there, there's nothing else we could do really. So, uh, this is what we're doing. So, hopefully, we're only down for about five business days, but that's okay.
0: Cool. Yeah. I hope you come out with a a new and improved tank.
2: Yeah, that'd be pretty cool if it works. If it doesn't work, you'll definitely hear that as well so you guys don't make the same uh, or don't have the same lessons that I've had. (laughs) Well, Um, we look look forward to an update in
0: in future shows. Yeah,
2: yeah, for sure. And we also had um, Sunday night, we also had the AGM for the Float Collective, which um, we elected some new board members and lost... Lost one, elected a few new ones, or brought a new few new ones on, um, so that's very exciting. And Lance, and, uh, Lance yeah, what's the AGN? The Annual General Meeting. I think that's just where you review everything that's been done. You go over financials. It's a really sort of strict, strict meeting where you have to... You know hit certain points and get in get out sort of meeting well that's what it always feels like to me gotcha. um, but um, we went directly from an AGM into a board meeting so our AGM is where we reviewed everything for the year um, what donations came in things like that and then we elected or brought on our new board members and then we hopped right into a board meeting as a brand new board so uh, pretty cool there's some new new vision taking shape and um, we're sort of spreading our reach in the community a little more. We got some help from some great people. Um, But yeah, that's uh, more to come from the float collective in the near future.
1: What do you see changing in 2017 with the float collective?
2: More activity, a lot more activity, a lot more content output, a lot more outreach to the community. Um, Right now, you know, as I've mentioned before, a lot of the the board or the original founders of the Float Collective were still in the process of starting their own float businesses and focusing on that and all their other projects. It we're very very widely spread out, but as I think we're coming into almost year three. No, no, we're in year three. That's what we're, <laughs> we're in year three of um, the Float Collective, and things are starting to see its place and um, feel you know, feel like we sort of know how things work and how to communicate a little better. And um, yeah, it's just uh, cool bringing on some new people which have some new ideas some new uh, motives and things like that. So I'll be sure to to update you guys more in the future.
1: Yeah, Um, that's exciting. Uh, It's always nice to get a fresh new start and uh, clean slate for the new year. I'm excited to see what y'all are fixing to do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Hmm. very nice
0: amy you mentioned uh, yeah. company, a company holiday party do you ever do any um, events for for the public as well or new clients
1: yeah uh yeah uh, so i talked about this in a previous show very briefly but we have an annual event called the flotation celebration and basically we tie in with a local uh, nonprofit. Uh, and every year it's the same one. It happens to be my business partner uh, started this nonprofit several years ago, it was over twenty years ago now, and so it's uh, an event that people look forward to. And basically, what it does is we offer thirty nine dollar floats in exchange for bringing in a brand new item off of the nonprofit's wish list for their an- for their annual event, and. The cool thing is, is if I do it right, if I get my marketing out in time, and I have a good plan, which I did this year, uh, the cool thing that happens is we don't see as many of our regular clients, but all of a sudden we have this big influx of people who are interested in floating, but weren't really sure if they should give it a try or not, and maybe it was the price barrier. Uh, We finished our four day flotation celebration this week, and we were able to put a picture up on our Instagram and Facebook of Mark surrounded by all the toys and all the items that were brought in. We were able to give a $300 check, not bad for about three and a half days worth of floating. But the cool thing for us from a marketing standpoint is over 80% of the clients who floated were brand new to floating
0: wow
1: and yeah that was that was really nice in the past we've gotten about 50 percent new clients but this year it was over 80 percent which is uh which is really nice to see you know having the opportunity to uh, to introduce people to floating uh particularly at this busy time of year or when maybe they're thinking about gift certificates and if they if they have a really great float you can remind them that in a few weeks we'll be having an open house and some great sales on gift certificates so it gives them a few weeks to kind of think about who they would like to buy for this year so um, having those new clients is a certainly a, a plus and and i feel like perhaps i i've got my marketing down for this event next year we've made some mistakes in the past i i had the flotation celebration too close to some other marketing uh, and it kind of got lost in the crowd. But this year, we found our sweet spot. It only took three years, right? We found our sweet spot. <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm impatient. I wanted I wanted to figure this out three years ago. But hey, at least we got it. <laughs> we found our sweet spot for when to have the event. Um, I took really... Great marketing notes so that next year I can kind of cut my work in half. I've got some of my verbiage already written, some of my copy already written. I've got my schedule set up. And hopefully from this point forward, um, we'll have a nice annual event that will be a lot less stress on me and bring in some new people.
2: Mm. Yeah, that sounds great.
0: It's an opportunity Uh, to both bring in new clients but also give back to the community, which I think is is awesome. It's a win-win.
1: Super Super important to us. Um, so yeah, it was it was good, and that's what happens when you take good notes, uh, which I'm not always great at, but can save you can save you some uh, pain in the future.
2: Yeah, no kidding.
1: Learn our lessons, write them down, and never make it again.
2: <laughs> and we're lucky that's what we're talking about today is um, holiday marketing and all these little things we've learned in the past. For me, this is my third holiday season doing i'm sure i'm sure for you it's four or five it's four four holy
1: i didn't realize it was four this is awesome
2: Mm -hmm. yeah that's great we've we've got a lot
0: to talk about as far as holiday marketing is Mm -hmm. concerned Uh, but before we dive in we want to thank our other sponsor helm so I remember helping Dylan set up Float Helm uh, back in the early days for the float shop. Uh, This is back when Float Helm was just getting started. Um, They had just released it, and I haven't touched it in a while because I haven't um, kind of been on the ground working in the float shop uh, for probably the last two years and i just logged in for the first time in quite a while and i love the improvements that they've made to the product since the early days the site looks a lot cleaner it runs much faster when you're navigating between different sections of the site Um, And I love how all the water measurements for each of the rooms are laid out in a dashboard of graphs. So you can get a macro view of the water health in all of your tanks, um, which I think is really useful because water quality is um, something that a lot of owners are hyper focused on and want to keep an eye on. Uh, So Helm fulfills a number of diverse needs from scheduling and customer management to credit card payments and staff scheduling. So if you're running a Float Center, you owe it to yourself to check out Float Helm. You can find out more information at FloatHelm.com. So let's talk about holiday marketing. Lance, I want to hear what you're up to.
1: Uh, I, I stole one of your ideas last year, so... Give me, give me some uh, ideas for 2017, well, 2016.
2: Yeah. I think you stole my only idea because we're, we're doing the same <laughs> thing. We're launching the third annual what we call Holiday Helper, where you can bring in any food, uh, toy, or winter clothing donation and receive 25% off all gift cards purchased. Yeah. yeah, our first year, we sort of ran that Holiday Helper a little bit, uh, little bit late, we didn't know what we're doing we well we thought we knew what we're doing of course when you're when you're in the moment you think you you you're at the top of your game you know it all but looking back we have learned a lot um launched a little late didn't know what we wanted to do we wanted to give back to our community because that was a really strong focus we had from even before starting the business and um we launched the hall to Helper. uh Got tons of tons of food and winter clothing, things like that. And then last year we launched it a bit earlier, um, but we didn't have as much promotion or advertisement out because um, we were a little late and rushed and panicked with other things. Because you know you're looking, you're you're working, working. All of a sudden you look down and it's November and you're like, whoa. Whoops. where did that year go (laughs) so um it's always good to plan ahead you know i think amy you said you have your marketing done at the beginning of q4 Uh, or something
1: i well i don't necessarily do all my marketing but i definitely have my plan down and most of my most of my ads are written and my graphics are done so my facebook is mostly done and i have an idea for the rest but yeah i i'm a planner Uh, which drives my partner nuts. So uh, it can be a good thing or a bad thing.
2: (laughs) Oh, it's, I think it's, I think it's very good to plan ahead. And that's something I'm always learning when it, you know, as, as I grow and progress as a a business and a business owner, I come to learn my seasonality. I see, I come to see which seasons you have to plan ahead for, for certain things, whether that be gift cards Mm -hmm. or packaging or staffing. That's a huge thing. Mm -hmm. Um, We can run, You know, pretty much the one staff per three tanks all throughout the year until people start coming gift cards. Because next thing you know, we're doing a changeover. There's six people, three coming in, three going out, four people coming in for gift cards. The phone's ringing, the guy's dropping off jugs of water, FedExes. You know, it all comes at once. And especially in the holiday season, and (laughs) nobody seems to have patience. (laughs) And sometimes um, around the holiday season, too, when I say people don't have patience, a lot of these people that I know we've interacted with are not floaters. They were buying for floaters or their friend is a floater or their son is a floater and they don't understand it. So they, um, they just interact differently than our normal uh, customers we would deal with for throughout the rest of the year. So Yeah.
1: And when do you think you, when do you feel you have to start bringing on an extra staff person? How close to the holiday are you, are you finding that you need to bring that person in?
2: Well, I was really hoping you'd give me the answer to that uh. this evening, <laughs> um, but I, I am thinking um, the beginning of December, I think we're going to start doing that. I know you guys down in the United States of America have the wonderful Thanksgiving and then backed up by the complete opposite holiday called Black Friday, uh-huh. um, and that's really when Christmas or shopping starts heating up for you is after black friday correct or after thanksgiving whichever way you want to put that
0: yeah more or less i feel like it's been keeps getting pushed earlier and earlier i think amazon started their black friday sales like two weeks ago in the u.s so it's it's creeping closer and closer to you know end of october it's crazy but you know go sorry go ahead amy
1: no 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 that's okay finish that thought because i think it's a good one
0: yeah i was well i was curious if you guys do anything for black friday i feel like there's the float industry maybe has mixed feelings about like you know floating is about relaxation and being in peace and we don't want to take part in this crazy insane consumerism but it's also (laughs) like this is a good opportunity to make sales so (laughs) i don't know How, how do you approach that personally
1: so, for me, I actually in the past, we've been closed Black, Black Friday. We actually okay. closed down. Um, several reasons. Number one, um, I'm out I don't,
2: shopping. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I hate shopping. I actually
1: do not shop. I hate, hate shopping. Um, and I actually don't go out Black Friday. I encourage my employees to stay at home with their families, hang out, maybe go hiking, do something fun. Um, but honestly, the where we're located, Uh, We're on a, we're not on a side street, but we're on either end of our street. There's a lot of shopping, but a lot of people don't come through that street. So we found, we were open our first year and I think we sold like three three gift certificates. Um, It could be that nobody knew who, what we were, who we were at that point. Um, And we didn't even have many floaters that day. Uh, By the time we got to the second year, I just, Black Friday is too much. We already are going to be doing some other sales and promotions. I do not want six weeks of constant sales hype. I don't think that's good. Um, From my personal marketing um, perspective, uh, the way that I look at marketing um, and my philosophy, and quite frankly, um, there's so much other like big stores vying for their attention. I don't want to have to scream. That's just not my... I don't want to be, look at me, look at me, look at me, Lee. It, look, it just feels a little desperate. That does not mean that I think that it's a desperate ploy from everybody. Just from my standpoint, from where I'm at and the way that I have to market, it doesn't feel good to me. So we don't do anything for Black Friday. In fact, most of the time we're closed, I have an employee who wanted to work, um, so she's going to open for limited hours on Friday, and... Uh, we already have that book, so maybe I'll have to look at that in the future. But we are not doing any Black Friday this year. Lance, how about you?
2: Well, you, Amy, you said you're just down from the main street where a lot of shopping occurs.
1: Well, there's a large uh, like mall area. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the, I just
2: so, I, I just envisioned Mark. In like a cat costume with an arrow pointing pointing everyone to float nashville i think that would bring in everyone uh, i don't know if it would bring in
1: everybody it might repulse some people i don't know if they start seeing them run down the street i, I don't know um yeah yeah don't think i haven't suggested that though but only for my own amusement granted are, are you are you going to be the one of the cats too is it you or matthew this year
2: I'm allergic to cats, so it must be Matthew in the cat suit. Um, actually, speaking of that, sometimes Matt brings his resident kitten to the float shack, and sometimes we have a little guest, but cats are good. Oh, <laughs> cats are good.
1: Bubble. You don't know how much that, that breaks my heart. We we do have a—actually, we had a stray—totally aside. We had a stray cat that we've all been taking care of and feeding, and she just got adopted. We've we've actually done this with two cats now, Um I keep telling Mark, I'm like, can I just let her come in? Can I just let her come in? Nobody's here. <laughs> Nobody will know. I like cats so bad. I want a shop cat. Nobody will let me
2: have one. <laughs> yes. So sad.
1: But anyway, oh, I'm funny. so sorry.
2: Yeah. No, don't <laughs> be sorry. This is the, this is the holiday Jealous. episode and we talk about things we love and right.
0: f- Cat float <laughs> tanks,
2: <laughs> but no black Friday. Uh, we do not run any black Friday sales. Um, Black Friday was really never a thing here until about, I like, was... three or four years ago. And then all of a sudden, people started marketing Black Friday. And I didn't know where that came from. And now, it like, well, now Ta-da. I know. But at the time, I didn't understand that it was an American day after Thanksgiving. So, um, yeah, we don't. It's it's just another day of the week. And yeah. all the big box stores and especially, like, the U.S. chains will, like, advertise Black Friday sales and you know people yeah. just see it as another another sale. there's always something
0: right. you know right.
2: to have a sale about, but
0: Canadians aren't trampling each other to get through the door
2: <laughs> no well it's I think it's starting to get that way like now that it's it's i don't know there's a lot of attention brought towards black friday sure i know I know it's a good way to uh fill the The media up with important information because I know when it comes Black Friday here, you turn on any major news station, it's just people trampling each other. Is all we all we see. (laughs)
0: I'm sorry. Get crazy. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry for America. (laughs) So, Lance, you sounds like you've been doing this thing, um, this thing for the last three years around the holiday season. That that's been working. Is there anything? that either of you have, tri- have tried over the years for as far as holiday marketing is concerned that hasn't worked, that you've thought like, ah, oh, this is a great idea. And then later words, you're like, mm, we're not going to do that ever again.
1: Yeah. And and actually, before I start into that, Lance, I w- one thing that you mentioned was the first year you had everything planned out. It went really well. The second year, you just didn't do as much marketing, but you had started earlier. Um, one thing that I think. I guess we're going to find out this year. Um, In the past two years, I started our marketing here in the States. We have I don't know if y'all have it up there. We have Small Business Saturday. So there's Black Friday and then Small Business Saturday and then Cyber Monday. (laughs) My God. Um, Small...
2: Small business Saturday. Small business Saturday.
1: So basically there is a large campaign, lots of marketing (laughs) done to shop local on Saturdays. So a lot of the small businesses run their sales on Saturday. Um, So in the past, I have actually kicked off my season, my discount season on that day. Um, Now, much like you, I have a, I worked in non-profit before I came to the float industry and I like to tie any kind of discount that I have in with something that helps non-profits just because that's what I love and that's important to me on a personal level. Um So I would have a sale going for six week, six weeks long. This year, I am totally cutting that to two weeks. Number one, It could, even though we didn't have a large amount of people, we didn't staff doubles, double staffers, because, you know, you'd have a few here and there, and they always come, of course, during changeover. Um, But we'd have little pockets of that, and it stressed my staff, so I didn't want to do that this year. Um, The other thing I noticed, too, is really, we sold very little until those two weeks before Christmas. So this year... I'm giving my staff a Christmas gift in that we're not doing anything until two weeks before Christmas. Uh, And I'm hoping that that intensifies, you know, just kind of crunches that intense period to a small window instead of a long time. I really believe that by letting it go on too long, I was doing a disservice. So we're going to see if that scrunching it into that two-week period and really pushing, building up nicely with some Facebook ads and a newsletter and uh, hitting different target markets for two weeks leading up to it. We're going to see if I can do a better job with marketing and I make this a much tighter, better run campaign. And I think that we're going to do about 20% more Then last year, when we let it run on way too long. That is my, that's my guesstimate. I'm going to make a note of that, and we'll come back after the holidays and see.
2: Um, Yeah, I've learned something, something, learned something very similar to you. Um, I think we've always done it for around, like, three or four weeks is how long we've ran it for. (laughs) But we've always ran it, like... We're there on Christmas Eve. We're there on the 24th selling gift cards. We've always ran it till the 24th. Mm -hmm. But I realized those last four or five days, Mm -hmm. people aren't coming for the deals. They're, They're the last minute shoppers. They don't care what you're charging. They're... They need to get their shopping done. They're running out of time, so we're actually cutting ours about I think about five days before Christmas. We're going to stop the sale, and then the last minute shoppers that you know they they have to pay regular price for for gift cards. So, um, yeah,
1: yeah. But and and when do you, when do you start your sale? How long are you running it? I'm total? starting it
2: this week, and Sorry, then I'm running week? it okay. until like the twentieth of December or like the. I think the twentieth. Nice. Mm-hmm.
1: I, um, I'm interested to see how that works for you and how how that runs. I think that's extraordinarily wise, because um, mm. like you said, we had people last year. Now it's going to be different because Christmas is on a weekend this year, which always has a tendency to kind of screw up those um, those last minute sales. But I have a feeling uh, that you're going to do extraordinarily. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to those results We are Actually kicking ours off with An open house this year And we're doing a Two week long promotion um, Trying to get some new people in um, People that perhaps has fr- have friends Who might have mentioned it or Something It gives them a chance to see the tank And uh, And do the purchase as well Get a great deal uh, along the way We're making it much simpler this year as well. We talk a lot about simplicity on this program. And one of the things I did last year that I realized in retrospect was a big mistake is we were working with a local rescue mission. And much like you, Lance, when you bring in an item, we give a discount. I called the rescue mission. I said, what do you need more than anything? And they gave me three things that they really, really needed. So I'm like, okay, we're going to do that. So you could bring like a pair of socks or you could bring a package of underwear or you could bring a can, but you had to bring three cans. And I it, there was, I got crazy and it was confusing. And people were like, well, what if I bring this? And what if I bring a pair of underwear? And then like, one can, what do I get? And I'm like, no, 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 it doesn't work that way. We're stripping it down. We're doing... Package of socks. You bring a package of socks, you get a great discount. And we're making it simple. We're making it easy. Our tiny lobby won't be overflowing with massive things. I don't have to carry boxes and boxes of cans. And, um, yeah, mm-hmm. stripping it down, making it easy. We kick it off with that open house. Uh, we're keeping it small. We're keeping it tight. And I think in the end it will uh, save us some money, save us some trouble, and streamline the whole process for my staff. Mm-hmm. So it gets crazy.
2: Yeah, yeah. Simpler, the better. Like you said, but it's on a constant, it feels like I'm on a constant road to make everything simpler mm-hmm. and, and easier. And, you know, ours, like I said, we have three different things we're accepting. It can get a little complicated, but, you know, we don't have a limit on food. We just tell people, like, you're saving a good chunk of money here. Bring, you know, bring some food that's going to help somebody. Like, you know, don't don't bring a... 29 cent package of ramen and you know is, expect to get the, the the promotion but other than that winter clothing um, a lot of people that are outside so the jackets the toques the scarves the gloves things like that boots socks um, things like that people are really in need of and toys um, just there's a lot of lot of especially around here with some hard economic times there's a lot of, of children who may not get a christmas like others and you know that could be hard on a a social impact you know especially going to school and you know all their friends talking about what they got they may have got nothing so um it's nice to get some of those gifts that can help out the the less fortunate families as well and those have to be in by the 15th of december that's why we like to kick this off a bit early is so these donations and things actually get there for the holiday season, like, like intended. Mm
1: -hmm. How did you choose what organizations you work with Lance? Do you have any uh, suggestions for choosing an organization to work with or finding someone to
2: work Uh, with? We just do our local food bank for um, food, (laughs) (laughs) non-perishable items, just the local (laughs) red deer food bank. And then we have something called the Christmas Bureau, where that's what they do is they round up um, toys for children. And then I also have a friend who um, he works with a, sort of just a private group of people, and they go and they help the homeless on Sunday nights and make dinners and stock them up with things needed. And he has a little car they drive around in, and that's pretty noticeable. So, um, yeah, we just donate our stuff there. We really didn't do any research into it. We just... You know, found three reputable places. Um, I've I've grown up in this city my entire life, so things that have been, things I know of, um, I chose, and um, that's where everything gets donated to. So, speaking of donations, yes. um, I'm curious, what do you do with um, towels when they are slightly stained or used? Do you donate them? Do you what do you what do you do with your towels? Yeah, that's
1: a great question. Uh, we do yeah it is it's really good question and it's um we actually do one of two things we have we we do keep some of them back for rags Mm -mm. um but we also donate our towels to a local animal rescue they love them
0: love them love
1: them and they need them um they will take no matter what we give to them they're always so happy and thrilled do you have a place Mm. Lance, uh,
2: listen. we, we've used the woman's shelter here before. Um, we're donated to them, but, um, yeah, an animal rescue place sounds awesome. I know that that's, that's something that could definitely always be in need is towels. Um, yeah. but as I've always, I've, uh, I'm losing my tongue here. Not good thing to do when you're on a podcast, eating chocolates and losing my tongues. And uh, oh my uh, uh, gosh.
1: What's wrong with you, man?
2: Um, no. I've had a really cool idea I wanted to do to sort of help some youth groups, and I basically want to take our old white towels, um, scrunch them up, tie-dye them so they're all funky and tie-dyed, and then sell them for ten $10 uh, towel, and all that money goes back to a local youth group. So um, oh, that's something I, I think I want to kick off in the spring. So some distinct funky towels that uh, can get kicked back to the community.
1: We do have a tendency to... Uh... To do some banners out front, um, anything we can to draw attention, some uh, lighting, that sort of thing. It's not always necessarily obvious and come by our holiday sale, but we want to draw attention to the fact that we're in a festive kind of mood. Uh, so, signage, we do, we don't have this out yet because I just purchased it, but uh, we actually, I just bought a uh, display to put our gift cards. So instead of keeping them all behind the desk, people can grab a gift card, bring it up, say I'd like to purchase a gift card. We're going to see how that goes. I don't know if that's really going to help at all, um, but it does put it on display. And for people who are just sitting in the lobby, perhaps it'll uh, ring, a few, uh, ring a few bells or bring that gift to mind. Uh, as far as packaging goes, uh, I'm keeping it simple this year. Simple is my theme this year, and my staff thanks me. Uh, I have a tendency to get a little crazy.
2: No, personal <laughs> letters with like uh, <laughs> a needle of a pine David of the <laughs> north. And... That I've
1: personally gone and dipped into the float tank and yeah. and created um, snowflakes out of the dried salt. Uh, no.
0: <laughs> You've thought about this.
1: <laughs> I thought about it. No, <laughs> um, no I, I, so, okay, last year. I went really crazy and I bought the little gift, actual little gift bags uh, with the little handles on them. And uh, I bought tissue paper. And I'm like, it'll be easy, guys. All you have to do is stuff in some tissue paper. We'll have them ready ahead of time. And all you do is drop in the gift card. Yeah, okay, so they did that. And the tissue paper would get bent and it would just look bad. I'm like, oh, screw the tissue paper. Just give them the bags, put the freaking card in the bags and let them, if they want to use it as a gift bag, they can take it home and use tissue paper. Um, I was kind of crushed because I thought it would be really cool and I thought I was being helpful, but all I was doing is taking away time and effort and energy from my my staff. So our gift cards... Are pretty simple. We do the gift cards. They look like little plastic credit card type gift cards, and uh, all we do is we buy the mini craft. I don't know if y'all, y'all know what I mean by the craft envelopes, brown paper, yeah, yes. craft envelope. Okay, so we use those, and I just simply I have a ribbon, and we buy stickers with our, with our uh, logo on them, and. Um, it looks very nice. It's simple. It does not take long for people to ring up or put them together. We keep everything uh, right there at the front desk. So it's a matter of you grab the sticker, you grab the, the ribbon, you grab the card, and they can they can move through it quickly. So when you have someone come in and give an order for like eight cards, which has happened, um, you're not freaking out and panicking ahead of time. So... Uh, anything we can do to make that process faster. So, so important. Uh,
0: so I, I have a question on the gift cards. Yeah. So you, you use the plastic credit card style. They have like a UPC mm-hmm. code on the back yeah, or yeah. something. Uh-huh. Okay. Lance, what do you use for gift cards?
2: Well, <clears throat> that's, that's what I was going to get onto next because the biggest lessons I've learned over the last two seasons of this holiday madness is gift cards. You can never have too many of them. Um, we were originally using these, like, plain, boring, like, Vista Print sort of blah gift cards, and that's what we've, like, used for the majority of the time. Last year, I got everything designed and ready to go to make some credit card, um, PVC-style cards, but never successfully did that. Um, this year... Um, I actually made some gift cards that are like simple black and white um, gift cards, and they're out of this really, really, really soft materials. They sort of feel like they're like a velvet business card. So they're like a sensory card, what I call them. These gift cards are sort of, you know, fuzzy and comfy. And after you come over to a float tank, you feel it, and, and they're wonderful. But they're just numbered. Um, on the bottom, it's just a variable number. Um, when I get these made, I get them, uh, they start with, um, the quarter that they're made. So these are made beginning of October. So it was Q41001. And I sort of, uh, label all those or number all those from there. So I can tell, um, when those gift cards went out, how long they've been out for, and when they come back, um, Sometimes gift cards will be out for a year or two years. So mm-hmm. it's good to be able to track that. But yeah, I'm just using a heavy duty style business card now. Um, but I like how Amy talked about some of her presentation in packaging because um, we've always like, man, we have screwed up the last few years. Like we've ran out of gift cards and like tried to run around the city and try and find things to use. And um, we've actually like, went and just bought bulk like Christmas cards. And then we had to like print off barcodes on stickers and like glue them inside Christmas cards. And we're like trying to make all these while well, there's a lineup of people and we're changing floats with glue sticks and tape and, you know, Uh-oh. reindeers on them and like sparkles on everything. And I'm just like, oh. like mistake after mistake after mistake. And, there. you know, we made that year one and year two. We made that same mistake. But I'm lucky our, our our gift card thing, I've locked it down last month. We are good on gift cards. But some of our presentation we're doing, um, it's going to be a bit time-consuming. So I'm sort of going backwards on things. But I'm hoping to do these all ahead of time so you can just grab one and go, grab one and go, grab one and go. Um, but um, a lot of our new marketing and branding is sort of <clears throat> we want to – sort of harness the idea of what's actually the float experience, and that's, that's nothing. Um, you know, the, the dark blackness, not much flashy, not much going on. So a lot of our cards and stuff, they're going to be simple, very simple, black and white sort of thing. Um, but our gift cards, they're being in black envelopes, and jet black envelopes and if we want we can write on them with chalk or something like that which we have chalkboards throughout our business Um, but i also got an old stamp and seal like a wax seal made so i'm going to close them shut in our new emblem we're going to pour some wax on there and just stamp them shut with a nice sort of wax seal so when they get this envelope there's going to be no Nothing on there, just a jet black envelope with like a wax seal on the back. So
0: um, we're
2: hoping we're hoping this will feel more valuable than a generic Costco 40 pack of gift of Christmas cards with, you know, cheap sticker barcode. So I really want people to wake up that, you know, when they get that gift and um, have value to it, even if they may not float for a month or two.
0: Yeah, that packaging sounds exciting. That's awesome.
2: And, Mysterious uh, too. Thing jet black, jet black with an emblem on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like um, it. Something else um, that I've thought of doing this year is I've recently from the dollar store last year actually I picked up uh, tins that fit gift cards. They're just mm-hmm. generic pattern tins, but um, fill the base of that with Epsom salt and then put your card in, and that's a cool way to sort of present it in a bed of Epsom salt. Doesn't take much time. Takes a bit of salt, but it's a cool sort of. Um, branding that or something that you can use to tie to your float center.
0: So the biggest takeaway is <laughs> have more gift cards than you think you need. So yes. so Lance, if I'm if I'm a float center owner and I am I think oh, I'll order about 50 gift cards, that should do it this holiday season. How many should <laughs> I order?
2: 50,000. Okay. <laughs> Seems high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i said that dude three times when i had to go on three separate gifts in the same <laughs> gift card season looking for you know three rounds of gift cards um no uh realistically you're going to use those gift cards unless they're personalized just to the holiday season um you're going to use them whether that be order 500 or a thousand um you know, if you order a thousand, it's a lot cheaper than ordering five hundred or two fifty. So, um, it may seem like a lot of money up front, um, but it can be good. Some people are charging more for gift cards too. That's something we've went back and forth on doing too, because <clears throat> some of the cards we wanted are almost up to a dollar a piece for these these cards, and that's part of our branding, part of our presentation. But um, if you were to, you know, charge a float for sixty nine dollars or charge. Seventy dollars for a gift card that comes in beautiful packaging and is well presented. Um, is anyone going to say no to that? I don't know. Someone might say something. Um, right now, we don't charge for our gift cards, but I think something in the future, I may charge a bit more for for a gift card just to maintain um, that presentation and that that look that uh, we really want to go for.
0: Cool.
1: I know there's a lot of people out there who have been talking about what gifts they can add to it or value added to the to the gift card itself I know that on Float Collective there was talk about uh, creating some ornaments or um, putting a small gift in the bag with the with the gift card do y'all do uh, even at the flow shop as well Brian I know that you would you would probably know this do y'all do gifts to clients during that month do you do anything extra do you add something that's value added to the gift card
0: you know I I don't know off off the top of my head um I I'm not even sure what I know historically the types of gift cards we've used have been um kind of letter letter envelope sized heavy paper stock which is why i asked about the types of of gift cards that you guys are using Um, but as far as gifts are concerned i'm yeah i'm not i'm not sure dylan would have to would be the man to answer that
1: Hey, and i want to slide in something since you mentioned the gift cards i'm sorry lance um but you know the one nice thing about the gift cards i'm certainly not going to beat them down they can be done really really well and the nice thing about that size is it's brochure size. So if you put it in an envelope or a pillow box, you have a brochure in there. And I—that's one thing I miss about having the credit card-sized ones—is being able to put brochures and uh, additional information in, because that little tiny envelope only fits the gift card, and that's that. So mm. I really a good, like. A good point. Yeah, I don't. I don't yeah. want to sound like I'm down on the on the VistaPrint or the heavy uh, letter-sized gift cards, because there are advantages.
2: And that's something that, um, with us going to the, getting the custom small black envelopes that just fit basically a business card style size. Um, we are also going to be getting like business cards made that have the benefits of floating like a quick, you know, this is what floating is. This is who does it go to the website for more information, just so they're getting something more than the gift card in that package. And that's another thing that if somebody picks up, um, You know, those business cards are cheap to get made. You know, someone picks it up, they can put that in their pocket uh, versus, you know, some other things like a brochure, the leaflet, something like that, maybe a bit bigger. And somehow that may have a bigger chance of getting lost. But I don't know. I've, I've never explored the small business style information cards, but I think they may be good.
1: You know, those business cards, we, we do the same with ours. Uh, inside the envelope, there's the car, There's the uh, gift card, but we do actually have a business card that we just have made a Vistaprint, but we use the heavy paper just to give it a nice feel. And it has an area where you can write the to and from, and also what the gift is. Because on those plastic gift cards, there's no way to write on them what Is on the card So you know we don't know if it's a 90 minute float We don't know if it's just a a dollar amount And those cards Which also has our website on it And some information on the back Is a really nice way to kill two birds with one stone
2: For sure Um, A good way Just a good way that just came to me Of thinking of having those PVC cards That are all the same Um, Those little round Like identifier stickers The red, green, yellow, pink Whatever ones If you were to, say, get those cards that you can't write on, if you were to take one of those colored stickers, if it's a single float, if it's red, if it's a three-pack, it's blue, something like that where no one else is going to know what that is, um, that's just an easy way to identify it um, without running that code. But just food for thought. Anyone, if you can use that, it's there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Turn it out. The tidbits never stop coming. Good stuff.
2: Yeah um what about retail? Have you done anything or put together anything for retail? I know um previous years we've always made our little our little salt mix of uh bath salts and put them in jars or containers or bath bombs. Um what about you? Do you do anything anything, Amy? You
1: know yeah. So, we have in the past, we usually stock up on some smaller uh price point gifts. Uh, the color therapy glasses do seem to go well for stocking stuffers. Uh, we have our our shampoo conditioner. We do sell those in retail. So we usually stock up. In the past, we've done diffusers. We use diffusers in our office. So we've purchased diffusers. Um, those went fairly well. But honestly, over the past year, what I have decided um, is that I... Don't sell enough to make it worthwhile dumping money into products. We don't, so in other words, when I look at my annual uh, numbers and I look to see how much I have sold in products, and you know that of the total amount sold, only 30% of that is profit. And I don't even know if I can really look at it as profit, it depends on how long we held on to it. But um, this is the first year that we have decided not to, to bring in any new items. We're just going to stick with the retail uh, shampoo, conditioner, body gel. And we are purchasing and putting out the color therapy glasses again. But between the fact that we just don't have a lot of room and I just don't want to put my money into that right now. This is probably the first year we're not doing a whole lot of that, which I'm not sure how that's gonna go over. Maybe nobody'll notice it'll be interesting to see if someone says anything. How about y'all? Yeah.
2: yeah, we don't sell very many products at all um throughout the year we It's bare minimal when we were selling on it um that was the most consistent product we sold, but everything else we've seen it brought in it' usually just sits and you know afraid to say it, but collects dust but holiday season. Um, we seem to just sell whatever's around. Like we can bring in whatever we want and people will buy it, whether it's just people don't like shopping and they want to try and get everything done in the few stops they go to and they can hammer off three people in one place, good for them. So um, we're bringing in some little, it's just some little knickknacks that we think is cool and interesting. And they're, you know, lower ticket items under $20. So just something that if someone's spending, you know 75 dollars on a float, um, maybe we can grab that extra 25 bucks from them, you know, and keep that hundred dollar bill instead of giving them change. So some smaller ticket items like that, um, that's a good thing in general. If your floats, like our floats come to 7295 with taxes, um, if people are giving you 80 dollars. And you have something on your counter right up front that costs 6 or $8, they're more likely to grab that, um, you know, if, instead of take the change. So it's good to have those smaller ticket items by your till that somebody can just grab and, you know, gets you a couple extra bucks here and there. And if there are things that uh, you support, I'm sure your customers will uh, will enjoy it as well. So just food for thought there.
1: I think one advantage that you have that I think makes that work really well for you is you do have the space to do a really nice display. Um, One thing that I find with us, because we only have a small square, a small tiny area, Mm. um, the display can't be as attractive. Mm -hmm. uh, And we don't have space in our front desk to really sit. Anything for sale, although I love that idea, and I think you're I think you're right on. I think if you have the space, everybody should be doing it and it's not that expensive those small six seven dollar items that means you're only paying like two bucks a piece for them, um so you don't have a lot of money in in it invested in it, so you don't have to worry about you know when we bought the diffusers, they were anywhere from twenty five to forty dollars a piece, and you had to buy mm-hmm. like twelve um so we had some money in it, and it it just didn't work out well for us but uh, I think that's that's fantastic, and I think if you have the space to make a really beautiful display, oh my gosh, yeah, mm-hmm. do it. Yeah, and... that's
2: something we've always failed on, too, is display, okay. but we're learning, we're learning about mm-hmm. that. Um, we're planning some retail-specific displays and uh, specific lighting. You know, if you've heard me on this podcast before, I love my lighting, but I think uh, having your retail items properly lit – Um, will also help to increasing getting them off your your shelves too but whole retail world to me is a whole new game feels like every year I'm learning something new what to do what not to do what stuff do I have to buy out of my own pocket because I feel bad for (laughs) bringing them in and they being a complete fail Um, but yeah it's always always learning I, I love it I'm excited for what I learned this year that I can bring for next year
1: what has been, what has failed? What has probably been the, you said on it was probably your best thing. Well,
2: what for reta- retail? For retail. hmm Um, well, we've bought some bracelets from a local artisan, we can say, that, um, we're a bit overpriced. They've sort of just collected dust. Um, there's been a few other items that have sort of not really worked for us, um, Honestly, like the color therapy glasses, we never sold very much of those. Uh, I don't mean, I know like every float center has those for some reason. I don't know why. Um, but we don't sell very many of them. Um, sometimes when, uh, we've only brought them in once really. And we've never really marketed them or pushed them right. But um, we still have some that collect a bit of dust. So
1: Those, uh, I think you have to be careful how you do it. Like we don't let them out all year round. We do them for certain times yeah. and we push them and then we take them away.
2: Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I totally understand. Just <clears throat> a lot of people get excited at the float conference, I think, and they jump on these color therapy glasses and they're really pushed a lot. Um, I just, I I don't know why every single float center has them. That's, that's, that's a question I have. No, <laughs> I'm not hitting the color therapy glasses. I wear them from time to time, but dang, <laughs> like, that's. That's some cult stuff here. Everyone's wearing these color glasses, walking around the float centers. Yeah, no, it's good stuff.
0: Amy, do you the uh, the body wash and shampoo that you that you sell? Is it the same one that you use in the showers in the in yep. center? sure is. That's, sure is. That's awesome.
1: And scented stuff? It. Amy? Yes, uh, okay. we use from Aroma Land, and I've been using them since I was a massage therapist. I love the company. I love the people. And we do use scented stuff and people freaking love that smell. We use the rosemary uh, mint and Mm. yeah. uh, People come in, even when they're not there to float, come in to purchase it. It's sulfate free paraben free stuff. Um, And we carry the lotion in the float rooms. We do have the gel, the shampoo, the conditioner and the lotion, but we also carry the, uh, there's a massage oil and a there's a bath salt as well, which we just uh, got uh, some products uh, this year to try out. Uh, I, I'm not sure how how they'll go, and I'd much rather make my own, I think, but uh, but they do have a whole line in that scent, and people really do love it, and it does remind them of that of that time that they spent in the float tank. So it goes over really well. We sell quite a bit of it.
2: Yeah, all I, I've always wanted to sell our products too But we use all non-scented products So I don't know how appealing it is Maybe I'll just have a white label That says no scent, no scent. Float <laughs> no, you know,
1: we got back and forth about that um, Because I know some people Are sensitive to it And we do keep some unscented stuff Around If somebody needs But in f- three and a half oh my goodness I guess we're going three and a half years we really I think we've had one person who was like nope I need the unscented can't handle that I'm bringing my own next time or you know utilizing mm-hmm. yours and I know it, it can be a little controversial and I I'm not sure if it's the best thing ever but it's worked well for us
2: yeah I've, I've never went with non-scented due to it bothering people I'm just more worried about it lingering in a float tank or somebody not washing the shampoo or the soap off their body, and then not only are there bubbles in the tank but it also smells like a cucumber wonderland um, <laughs> but <laughs> i've I don't know if it's it is something that you know maybe that's product specific if the uh the scent would stick in the tank mm-hmm. but um I've never really experimented with scented soaps a little bit oh. but not much
1: I would like a cucumber wonderland. <laughs> I don't know. I might have to try that out. Um, but, uh, yeah, we've never had the issue of it lingering in the tank. Now, sometimes when we walk in, after someone's been in there, the room smells. But the room smells like this rosemary mint, which is it's fantastic. It's like, oh, that smells so good. Um, but then it goes away pretty quickly. I mean, you know, our ventilation system sucks it right out. But, uh, it's gone over well, and we've consistently sold... That in retail, um, some from the beginning. So it's actually a money maker, not, not big money, but it's a consistent sale that we can count on.
2: Mm-hmm. Our fun um, so, with the holiday season, after do you shut down at all? Do you shut down between uh, Christmas and New Year's, or do you open up? How, how do you schedule around the holidays?
1: So the night before uh, Christmas Eve, we close at five and we also close at five on New Year's Eve. Um, we are closed New Year's Day. Uh, I think we could probably get some people into float, but it's such a big f- sports day, football day for us that, uh, that I, th- I really think that it, from a financial standpoint, it's just not really worth opening. Uh, Someday I might change my mind on that. One thing I'm noticing now, uh, this year in particular, usually we're a little slow during Thanksgiving week. We've been slammed. And that's... I've been kind of shocked. So maybe things are changing. Things are shifting. So that might change in the future. But up until this point, we we close uh, the day of. Like Thanksgiving Day is a holiday here in the U.S. We will close that day, close Christmas Day. But the rest of the time we say... We stay busy enough to make it worthwhile being open.
2: Yeah, I think we've always closed down between uh, Christmas and New Year's to mainly just do upgrades and sort of renovations and the stuff that we need extended periods of time to do. We sort of just save it for this block, um, which we just assume that it's going to be a bit slower because everyone's doing the family thing and yada, yada. But we could be wrong there. I've never, like I said, I've never been open during that time. Um, but this year I think we're just going to close entirely, and hopefully Matthew and I just take a break. Like it's nice. been, it's been a couple, it's a couple years before we've actually had a break because um, it's it's well needed, and you know we work hard through this whole month of December, and then we're just going to sort of celebrate and relax and you. you know really soak that in. So, I think
1: it's That's- interesting. Uh, Nashville being a very touristy town. What I find between Christmas and New Year's is people come to visit their family in Nashville or they come to Nashville to vacation and come. We have one of the biggest New Year's Eve parties, I guess, around. Um, So we really pick up with tourists and people bringing in like, hey, I have my uncle in town and I really wanted him to float. I wanted him to experience it. So a lot of our, particularly our members, will bring in family. Um, and then there's those people who just need to get away from family. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, yeah. good, a dark tank where no one can find me. And th- at home, there's, like, a house full of screaming children and people and <laughs> the craziness of the holidays. So um, I don't know if it's because yeah. we're a tourist town, uh, but we were actually we actually do pretty well. We pick up a little bit between Christmas and New
2: Year. So, like, what I imagined is we sell all these gift cards come December and then we close for two days, three days for the holidays. <clears throat> and then all of a sudden, this whole week, we're just claiming gift cards all week. Mm. Um, is it all – are you just immediately claiming those gift cards?
1: No. In fact, not, we're not at all – and I keep expecting that in January as well. I keep thinking January is going to be a big gift card month, and it never is. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's actually great business because a lot of it is people coming from out of town. It's full price. Uh, and even if we're not booked a hundred percent, which we aren't usually uh it's it's uh the average cost per uh client uh, the average sale cost uh, sale price is up, and it's kind of
2: nice so what's your what's your schedule like through the month of say December? I know we actually like our sales increase of course through gift cards, but our schedule like slows down, and to me it feels. Feels like a lot more like people are focusing on spending for others than they are for themselves. It's like, no, no, I'm not going to float for myself. I buy three gift cards for Johnny Sue and, and Jimmy here, but <laughs> no, I can't float.
1: True.
2: Um, what's it like for you?
1: Yeah. Once again, we we also drop. Uh, we go down okay. probably fifteen percent from what we're used to seeing. Sometimes in the past it's been more, but it's a little. It's been a, lot, a little more steady the last two years, and. What I do see interesting, interestingly enough is, once again, it's people coming in and paying full price. There's not as many of them, but we're not seeing our members come in. We're seeing people who are just kind of curious. They might be coming through town. They want to try it once. So so it's still a fairly good financial month from services, but yeah, of course, the gift cards way, way, way mm-hmm. outweigh the the service income for the month for sure um but yeah it's i was getting a little worried we were a little slow there the first few weeks of november but things have picked up and i think it's now that the elections are over everybody's back out spending money thank goodness uh, for a little while longer anyway which i'm enjoying (laughs) it's nice to pay bills it's great if
0: i have to get them anything else you guys uh Want to drop as far as wisdom on holiday marketing?
2: Order your gift cards and then order (laughs) some extra ones just in case.
0: (laughs) Keep it simple. Keep it very, very simple.
1: And keep your staff in mind uh, for when they have a line of people wanting gift certificates. What is it going to be like for them? What's the process for them? And do they have everything they need? And is it easy for them to, to get the clients taken care of and get them out the door quickly?
0: Cool. Well, thanks everyone for, for listening and uh, hopefully you picked up some tips and tricks that you can take with you into this holiday season as you're uh, selling gift cards and having your holiday floaters in. Uh, I will give Dylan's sign out a try. I, I just wrote this off the top of my head and I don't know if it's correct or not, but there's an infinite amount to find in the presence of nothing. So spend some time there. See you next week. Hey everyone, just one final reminder that Art of the Float will be hosting a holiday party on December 7th at 5pm Pacific Standard Time. If you're interested in joining us, just sign up for the newsletter at artofthefloat.com. It's going to be on the left-hand side of the page there, and we'll be sending out details for how to join that holiday party that morning on December 7th. It's totally free, and it's just an opportunity for us to get the community together to uh, share stories and tips on running a float center. So we hope you can join us. If you are interested, sign up for that newsletter, and we'll be sending out the details
2: to you shortly.